Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Connecting Soul Beings podcast, offering you inspiration, tips, and learning about tuning into the language of your soul and gain a deep, intuitive understanding of your inner self, your guides, and the animals around you, so you are able to live from your heart with grace, love, and gratitude. We bring together spiritual leaders, energy healers, and awakened humans, so we are able to collaborate and help you feeling loved, joyful, and free by providing clear direction on how to connect soul to soul. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to another episode of the Connecting Soul Beings podcast. This particular episode was recorded during the 2018 Connecting Soul Being Summit. This summit contains 28 experts and thought leaders, and we created this event to help conscious, self-aware soul beings and animal lovers to have inspiration and practical guidance on how to feel connected and in alignment, filled with beautiful energy. You can also watch the videos of these episodes on our YouTube channel, which is listed in the show notes. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome to yet another wonderful day here at the online summit, Connecting Soul Beings. It is my great pleasure to introduce you today to Shauna Pelton. Shauna's from the USA and she's a transformational expert. Now she takes spirituality to a different level. She actually ensures that we also know about it, what it means on a scientific level and what it does to our body and our brain. We talk about fear, we talk about the stories, and we also learn how hormones have an impact on the body and our spiritual experience. This is a very unusual conversation and I loved every moment of it, and I'm sure you will too. So grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy the conversation. My name is Shama Pelton. I have been doing some sort of healing work for the past 18 years now. And it's kind of evolved itself because I have evolved. Of course, my needs have evolved. And it began with me, as most people will share, their own story about healing and what they needed to overcome. You know, they're the dark night of the soul, and I'm no different. And that um, began actually, you know, in truth, I'll tell that story after, but I'll just share what I, what I do. So uh, 18 years of doing transformational healing work through energy medicine, through spiritual teachings, through hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, so working on the mind. Mm. I've also um, studied under bio, um, biontology, which is the study of nature being light. But the biophysicist I studied under was Johann, uh, Johann Fritz, Fitz, Fritz. Why can't I remember how to pronounce his last name? <laughs> Boswinkle. I'm sorry. Johann Boswinkle. That wow. just left. I know, right? And Johann Boswinkle actually studied under Fritz Pop. That's where the Fritz came in. Fritz Pop actually studied um, biophotons, which is how all living things are animated by light, light, Mm. literally, information packages of light. Um, And so anyway, I've been working with mind, body, energy, spirit um, for healing and transformation. And... um, it, it began because, I'll tell you the story. 
had a defining moment as most people will come to in their alliance and they realize they can't keep doing the same old thing they've been doing. Mm -hmm. And I uh, had uh, lost my son's father to addictions. Mm -hmm. I was a very young mom, a young single mom. And um, I remember having a moment where I was on all kinds of medications for many problems, mental, emotional, and physical problems that um, were debilitating for me. Mm. And, my, and I remember my son being a toddler and I remember coming home, looking at him in the eyes and I said to myself <laughs> after my son's father's death, I went, you know, I can't keep doing what I've been doing. I can't, I can't go down this path because I will also lose my life. I was so clear of that as my destiny if I continued my path. Wow. Like it was something that was saying to me, you're going to die this way unless you change. Yeah. Yeah. And when I looked at him, Bianca, I said, I have to show him how to live. Mm. I have to show him how to overcome a challenge that he's inevitably going to have. I mean, don't we all go through life challenges? Who doesn't oh, go definitely. through <laughs> Unavoidable. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so in that moment, that defining moment, I said, I'm going to find a way. And so he was my why I needed to heal. And then I started looking at alternatives. Now, this was at a time that, uh, well, first of all, like the internet really wasn't a thing. I mean, <laughs> it was available, not to me. I didn't have it. <laughs> but it was... Um, I had to go to the library and go to, like, you know, seek for obscure knowledge on how to heal my life and it was that through that journey that I was really able to start to get excited about what was available started to apply some of the things that I was learning and then I had another why so after I healed started healing my life I was like people don't know this no people are struggling they are sick suffering and they're struggling and they think they need to take more medications and continue to go down the path that they've been on, which is usually the medical model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to provide them with another way. And so then I started my path of being a professional healer mm -hmm. and coach. So that's how it all began. <laughs> that's the long, I was going to say the short story. It wasn't so short. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we can't really avoid the long story because I think it's really important for people to understand what we yeah. have been through as well. Yeah. Um, yesterday I had a conversation um, with one of the other speakers, Lee Jane, and we were sort of talking about the darkness that we may go through for us to learn so that we are able to teach other people as well. And because I sometimes feel that people have this expectation that we can never be in a dark place because we teach people how to heal. We teach people how to connect. We teach people how to be who we are, but there is no every day is, you know, hallelujah, I'm alive type scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? We do go through, like you say, the challenges and the struggles and you know, perhaps for us, we, we might be able to get out of them quicker, but we still allow ourselves to go through it. But we Absolutely. don't necessarily dwell into that, but it becomes part of our story. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge 
what we have experienced and how did we get to where we are today? And um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that because it's so important for us to recognize that. No, you really just brought up a few good points actually. And you know, one of them is, is that we're not, you know, we're not perfect. Um, and, but we're not even, it's, it's not realistic to expect everyday ease in such a way that's like, my life is good, everything's good, rainbows and butterflies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, not, that's not actually realistic. And as a matter of fact, it brings up excuse me. <laughs> brings up a point about this concept that I teach is called being in right relationship with what you fear um, or what triggers you. And so, you know, right relationship means how you relate and interact. Relate yes. means how I feel and what I think about it. Interact is what I do once I'm triggered, mm -hmm. right? And so that right there is the skill that I needed to learn in order to navigate my world because we're gonna constantly go through cycles of death and rebirth over and over again as long as we're alive. I don't know, maybe after this lifetime, we might still go through cycles of death and rebirth. And if we can learn the skills of navigating that journey, then we can be empowered. And I actually term it as being sovereign, right? Sovereign is such a powerful word. I'm curious, what does sovereign mean to you? Sovereign for me, it means, um, yeah, it actually makes me feel really clean. Sovereign. It's like cleanliness. It's beauty. It's um, being, being whole in that way. Yeah. That, that's how it makes me feel. When I hear nice. someone. Nice. I love hearing how people feel when they hear that word. I feel free when I hear sovereign. Mm. And freedom doesn't mean um, problems don't exist. It means problems don't take me down mm. as like they once like they once did. Yeah. You know, I have a new engagement with them, a new contract, if you would. Uh, the symbolism for me, like um I, I use a peacock in all of my, everything that I put out there, it's everything's peacock because I learned that uh, the peacock, oh, I'm so sorry. The peacock is the symbol for the noble self, the noble sovereign self. Yeah. And it's the journey after, you know how like people think about the symbolism of the phoenix? Have you ever heard of the phoenix rising? Yes, yes. It's that firebird, right? Yeah. Where rises up from the ashes and it's this like magnificent phoenix which mm. is transformation well after the fire settles down what happens is the peacock is then expressed which is beautiful is noble the royal sovereign self i'm free to be me and i'm beautiful like you know like that concept more than aesthetically beautiful but like because I went through what I went through, mm. I am better off in this new position. I yes. see things in a new way. I relate to things in a new way. When I found forgiveness in the worst of the worst times I ever went through with the people who caused me the greatest pain, that right there in that moment, everything changed for me. Mm. 
And that's when I felt free. That's when I felt sovereign. That's when I felt like I embodied something new. Yeah, beautiful. That's a really good way to explain that, actually. For me, the peacock is all about, um, there's this saying in Australia based on this um, series that used to be he, um, called Kat and Kim. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Hilarious, hilarious series. It was a comedy. And it was all about, you know, when, when the mother didn't get attention from the daughter, she would say, look at me, look at me. <laughs> it's really Aussie way of saying it. So when I hear peacock, it's all about that, you know, look at me, look at me, but it's more on the outside. Whereas you now explain it, that the peacock also has that from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And I've always perceived the peacock to be more external. You know, I want to focus externally because I want the attention. I want to be the center of that attention as well. I want people to see that I'm beautiful and fun and social and, you know, all of that. So it's really interesting to hear your analogy of the peacock. It's wonderful. Yeah. Another way <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I noticed but, that too because you've got you've got the peacock on your website. So thanks for explaining because I was wondering what's the connection there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, I love it. I love the You have an owl mug. I should get a peacock mug. Oh yes. <laughs> I love that. Owls, I love it. Um, they have a really big meaning for me. Um, actually, I put posted a photo last night. There was an owl in our backyard on the jacaranda tree. And it was a, a they called him a tawny frogmouse owl. And I've yeah. never seen an owl like that. Just free, you know, I've never seen an owl like that. So my grandmother used to collect owls. And so every time I see an owl or I have an owl like that, I always connect to my grandma straight away. And she's sometimes around me as well. So every time I see an owl, I know that she's coming soon or she's already here to come to comes and visits. So for me, I always have always had that connection to my grandma, but also, you know, it, it's, it really helps me to allow the wisdom to come through. When I think of an owl, it, it's sort of, it's almost like it opens up a bit of a gateway for me to help the connections. So to, to allow that wisdom and the messages to come through. Yeah. I love that. I believe in that. I think that um, spirit communicates with us um, through symbolism, you know, yeah. and we, I think the the thing that we have all throughout history, what we can always count on, are uh, are symbols and stories that get passed on. Mm. And there's there's meaning in these images that we see, you know, and that helps us to remember who we are. It helps us to stay connected to our ancestors and the meaning that they have for us, like the. When I think about grandmother, I think about the um, the great realm of understanding because the grandmother, think about it, she just sits and like, she's so loving, right? Yes. And she's very understanding and she's nurturing and she takes you in and she's like, yeah. hey, everything's okay. Come to me. I'll yeah. feed you. Yeah. And unconditionally too, right? Yeah, right. very much so. Yeah. That's it. That's wonderful. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about the symbolism and my, my speaking of symbolism. So my, my dog is starting to paw at me. If you hear anything, I apologize. <laughs> okay. Uh, We've got our furry friends with us all the time, right? I've got them laying here too. So. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Yeah, so we were just talking about, I think, right relationship yes. with things that challenge us and to be reminded to, you know, keep moving forward and to have uh, a sense of, of all is well and to not give up and to keep, you know, focusing on really what's calling you forward versus what's frightening you and what's reminding you of your past fears and pains and future worries and concerns, yeah. that sort of thing. You know, I really learned about, um, well, one of the things um, that when I think about my own personal transformation and also what I help people with a lot, with, no, 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 no. my dog's literally gnawing at my chair. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Um, <laughs> so he, so um, where was I? Remind me of what I was saying. Oh, you were talking about the fears and yes. frightened of them from the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I realized and what kept me remember I mentioned I had overcome great challenges and I had incredibly difficult challenges physically, mentally, emotionally. You know, it was just it it was very difficult for me to overcome. And I had learned that I was programmed and my stories that I told myself stopped me from progressing, stopped me mm. from moving forward. And then in working with others, that's the big thing that I hear most often is that people are afraid, you know, it's like they have fear. They know they have fear, but they don't know how to overcome that fear. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they stay stuck in an old pattern that keeps them in this, you know, an identity, if you would, right? And an identity that's, that is based on their old conditioning and who they used mm. to be, how they used to show up in the world. And they don't know how to break free from that pattern and, and move beyond it. Yeah. You know? And therefore, you know, people are also saying that they don't, have a sense of purpose in life they don't life doesn't have the same like sense of meaning to them right and that's a yeah. big struggle for a lot of folks absolutely yeah yeah i mean a lot of people are in that space because they don't have the tools to to apply for them to get out of it and then it becomes like this big black hole that you find yourself going through all the time and I think fear as well. When I work with my clients, in particular connecting to animals, they have this fear of, oh, we'll never be able to hear them. You know, or what comes through is not real. Mm. So, and, and fear I've experienced is really closely related to trust. Mm -hmm. Because they're not often trusting either themselves, the experience, or the animals, whatever that is, right? So... Fear can be confused with, I'm not trusting this yet. And therefore right. it frightens me. Right. right. So that's yeah. such a, a, um, that's such a brilliant connection that you just made. And it has to do, well, fear is in the brain, right? Because yes. fear has to do with our past, whether it's our own past experiences. And this is where, what I suppose if people um, who are listening are interested in this fear is not only our own experiences that we've had difficulties with, mm -hmm. but it's also passed on to us. Like, yes. 
you know, no one had taught us how to be afraid of fire. Mm-hmm. Are we, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we just knew it. We came into this world and we just kind of knew don't touch fire or, um, or don't, you know, cross a busy street. There's an instinct that we have, but yeah. that's the animal instinct. That's the fear based, um, animal instinct. And it's mm-hmm. actually neuroscience teaches us it's based in our amygdala, right? The place in our brain that stores the, the, or at least all of us, this part of our brain that stores those memories that are Mm. passed on to us and our own fears as well. And so fear actually has a way of causing, biologically speaking, it releases a chemical or a few chemicals, a family of chemicals, but cortisol and adrenaline are a couple that come to mind. Now, most people are familiar with, with cortisol because they'll say like their digest like their whole digestive area, their stomach area stores cortisol fat. Mm-hmm. And that's stress related fat. Have you ever yeah. heard anyone say that? It's like, oh I'm gaining weight right in my middle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And Definitely. that's because we are on this like high uh, high fear in a high fear state rather and releasing a lot of cortisol in our bloodstream and we are stuck. It's as if our, our, the switch is stuck on mm. and we're not really, um, you know, in a, in a past uh, state, like when we were, when fear came in handy, it was when we were running away from uh, saber tooth tigers. Like that's when it was useful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now it's like, Hey, look, I have a deadline at work or I have to meet, make money to meet my, my mortgage or pay my mortgage or, you know, like things that are not real threats, but they're perceived threats. And we are constantly in a state of fear, which is so hazardous to our health. It causes inflammation in our bodies. It literally downregulates our genetics, our DNA. We have transcription genes, and the genes that are for health and wholeness shut off, but the genes that are for disease and illness, those get turned on. Yeah. So so it has this like cascade effect, and and it really affects us on a physiological level. Mm. We feel a certain way, and then we forget even why we were afraid to begin with. We're just now, it's actually, and this is the other thing that they should, um, science shows, neuroscience says we are addicted to those chemicals Mm, just someone who would be addicted to a drug that they just know is not good for them or Mm. drinking too much not good for us why can't we just stop it and it's because there's this impulse a drive a baser drive we feel so addicted to and so we are addicted to our fear the chemistry of our fear and that's why it's really really hard to get out of that old the old habits and the old identity to break up with the old identity of ourselves yeah so so what are some of the things then that we can focus on to to work that because i mean when you say that it's an addiction right i'm sort of thinking to myself okay i, I experience fear um like anyone else does sometimes more than other times mm-hmm. and there are certain things that I can do for myself that relieves that fear 
or still have it and just face it hands on and just do it anyway. Um, I've never really thought about it that it may be an addiction to that particular fear, right? That keeps us in that place. I've always thought that when we have that fear, it keeps us in a place of safety and comfort and therefore we're not moving. But for me personally, keep that thought. <laughs> for me personally, I feel, for example, I've, I've always been afraid of heights. And I know it's also, and this may be a bit out there for some people, I've, I also know it's related to some past lives, being afraid of height. Now, I do face it. It keeps coming up. So there's still something there that probably I need to work on more. However, I do do certain things such as climbing the Harbour Bridge here in Sydney. Or a few years ago with a, a group of friends, we went to the rainforest and we did what they call jungle surfing. So you go up on a tree, you're in a harness and you swing from one tree to the next and you're about 20, 30 meters above ground, right? Now I'm petrified, tears running down my face, but having the right people around me, I do it. And I had my best friends there they, and my partner. So they guided me through it and I did it. And it was fun in the end. Harbour Bridge, I climbed it with my father. He was there, safety, support. I did it, right? Takes me a longer, but I do it anyway because I feel I don't want that to hold me back. So to talk about it as in it's addictive, perhaps from a body perspective, I've never really looked at it that way. So it's a very interesting concept. Right. And so I, I'm very intimate with addictions. I know addictions very well. Um, mm -hmm. I thought my father died from addiction, so I got to witness it. And then mm -hmm. I also went through my own journey of having to overcome addictions. And yeah. so I actually realized the correlation early on. And then the studying the neuroscience years later affirmed to me what I, what I realized. Um, you hit on a couple of things. First of all, um, comfort and safety. Yeah. So what's interesting about comfort and safety is that when we look at it from, when we talked about right relationships, right? Yeah. When we look at it from the relationship of being in the ego's uh, needs, right? The ego needs familiar, it needs comfort, it needs safety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It needs love yeah. and it needs to feel important. But yeah. strictly speaking, <laughs> safety and security are prime base needs for the ego, yes, right? Mm. Now, your soul doesn't need safety. Your soul's not looking to stay safe. Mm -mm. Your soul is looking for purpose and meaning. Your soul is looking to individuate and express yourself in a new way. And when we override the drive, the baser ego drives for comfort and safety, we start to create new neural pathways to help us access a different part of our brain. Mm. And so we move from the amygdala, which is distrust. That's where that lives, by the way. Distrust lives in the amygdala. And we, we literally start to build a bridge with the activities you talked about. So it's like, I did it anyway. It doesn't matter if you weren't the first one to complete it. You don't have to win awards. You're just doing it to yeah. do something that overrides your fears, right? And what happens is you start to build neural pathways that tell your body, oh, it's okay. I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? In it's that case. Also scary. 
But as soon as you start to, you, the more often you familiarize yourself with what was once scary, the more you become comfortable with what was once scary. So you start to acclimate to the things you once had distrust for and fear for. And, the, and that's how you actually have those, you create new experiences that have reference points in your brain to say, oh, I'm familiar with this. It's actually not scary. I can do this. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing because you can trust if you've already done it before, then there's a part of you who's like, oh, I can do this again. And I can trust that I can do this yeah. again. So the more and more and more you override that like paralyzing fear that wants to stop you from doing the thing that was scary, then uh, you're able to build those pathways. But then there's another thing, and this is really something that is also a skill to align with your soul's needs. Um, and it's actually activating when you're, you know, in a state of distrust, the antidote is to activate your third eye. Wow. Yeah. And this is also what we learned in uh, neuroscience principles, the, the, the neuroscience of creating change. And now the, when I say the third eye, I'm not referring to just the, the spiritual concept of it, although ancients taught us that there was this idea of a third eye. What we found is that there is, in fact, a place within the center of our mind, our physical brain, I shouldn't say the mind because the mind is consciousness, but the brain itself, and it has a retina. And that retina allows us to see possibilities. It allows us to access the higher brain, the higher mind, our executive decision maker. And that part of us is higher consciousness yeah. and when we're there we're able to imagine possibilities that maybe we didn't consider before because it moves beyond familiar or it moves beyond experience and it moves into the realm of possibilities so when you activate the third eye you can see that there's alternative outcomes versus death. <laughs> I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of falling. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of whatever fill in the blank of being, most people are just mm. truly afraid of their power. But the secret to activating the third eye resides in our heart. Yes. Our physical and energetic heart. Right? So our heart center, as well as our physical heart, are actually involved in the activation process. Yeah, yeah. So the, act, uh, the, the activation of your third eye has to do with trust from your heart, because your heart's like, listen, it's your wiser self, it's the grandmother. It's <laughs> the owl. And, and she's like, or he, is like, hey, I have, I have faith that something good will come of this. And we don't have to even know what that outcome is. We just have to have faith that something good will come of it. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it's excitement. Now look, excitement and fear are like kissing cousins. They're so closely resemblant in the body. Like physiologically, you might experience fear in a very similar way as you experience excitement, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it creates so, adrenaline. 
Exactly. Yes. Adrenaline. Exactly. So you can start to create a new story in your head around that feeling that you once called fear. And you can say, oh, what if this feeling is actually excitement? What if it's not fear? So you start to reframe in your head, but you come from your heart with it because it's like this idea that, you know, you have the ability to recreate your reality and there's truth in that. And that comes from logical thinking as well as intuitive sensing. Mm. And so it's this marriage between the two, right? And so it's an interesting experience because then what happens is this. There's this energetic synchronization that happens. The, the physiological opening up of your heart center activates the oxytocin, which is a new hormone that's involved. Have you heard of oxytocin before? Yes, but I'm not quite sure what it does and how it works. It's the love hormone. Okay, there you go. So cortisol is that fear hormone. Cortisol is that thing that causes our brain to shut down. It causes our fight or flight response. It causes us to hold ourselves back. It causes inflammation in the body. It shuts down our DNA, all of those things. Whereas oxytocin washes away all of the, all of the inflammation. It activates the dormant DNA. It turns on the, and potentiates. That's the word I want you to think about. It potentiates the DNA that has yet to be expressed. So it's what's possible. It allows for, I should say, what's possible. And oxytocin, the love hormone, is an opportunity to really experience yourself in a more harmonious, synchronized state. So we can call it the flow state. Um, we can call it, well, in sync. What else? We can call it coherence, right? Incoherence. When your heart and your head are communicating in sync, you are coherent, which is a quality of nature, right? Mm -hmm. and it sounds like um, coherent sounds harmonious. It actually uh, is a frequency. It's picked up as... Um, a, a, a tune or a key that is like a experienced in, in po a positive way. Make sense? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just making some notes on the go. I can see. I can see. <laughs> I love this concept. Really, really love it. It's fantastic. It's almost like you're, um, you're taking spirituality and everything that comes with that and relate that yeah. back to the body to, yeah to really have that experience from a body point of view. So yeah. it's almost like you're making it more tangible in that way. Thank you for saying that, Bianca, because I actually, um, one of the things that I've recognized for myself, I, I've worked in the clinical setting. I actually used to train physicians mm. um, on the science of nutraceuticals and how to heal the body with natural medicine. So I'm a big believer in understanding the science of things, but I'm also a trained spiritual teacher and healer in the mystery schools. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome, love it. 
I have these like two different worlds and in truth, mm. I really didn't know how to walk those worlds for a long time. I felt polarized, right? It was yeah. like this, my secret, when I was working with doctors, my secret was, I do exorcisms. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, I communicate with spirit. Secrets. I'm not telling you guys that. No. And when I was in the world of the spiritual teachers that I worked with, it was like, I am trying to scientifically understand all of this. And yeah. so it was this interesting polarity that kept me feeling separate. And it kept me feeling isolated and uncertain and unclear and disconnected. And I really lived that for a while. And I was distorted in my life for a really long time of not knowing who was I. And then all of a sudden, I really started only in the past few years, have I really started to see how the two marry and how actually both of these worlds affirm one another. Mm -hmm. And you can really start to understand the nature of God when you understand the science of nature. Yes, yes. Um, it's just this. It, it's just this interesting kind of revelation that has only un occurred to me because I was willing to walk both of those paths, yeah. right? And explore both of those paths. And the other thing, too, I was in the realm of a lot of uh, people who lived in the world of spiritual teachings. Maybe you can relate to this. I felt that they were so disconnected from the physicality mm -hmm. that they weren't grounded in their teachings and they really didn't, like the rubber didn't meet the road. Right? Mm -hmm. And then in the other world where I was working with people who were stuck in their head, they were so linear in their thinking, they were so logical in all the ways that they dealt with things, yeah. but they never felt their nature, their true nature. Yes. And so they tried to deal with life, deal with healing problems from a Newtonian principle, like the, from the physical realm of things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so there's this new concept. Um, actually, there's a an author that I'm a uh, I'm a fan of, and he he created something uh, called potentiation. It's about activating your DNA. Um, his name is Saul Blockman, and he actually talks about this in his book Potentiate Your DNA. And he talks about this the, this journey or evolution, if you would, of these concepts. And um, he says that we went from living in the physical to living in the mental, right? It's like, oh, my thoughts control my reality. Mm -hmm. And now we're living in the super consciousness of like, oh, there's actually, uh, there's another dimension that I exist in. And that part of me is influencing my reality. I'm not willing myself to change from this level of consciousness. I'm opening up to a higher realm or to, to myself in a higher realm, mm. allowing for that to inspire and inform me so that I can make decisions from that higher place of awareness. Yes, yes. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Just sort of digesting all of that because it's so resonating for me. And I hope, you know, for a lot of other viewers as well, because it really makes that distinct connection 
to right. us as a human being and then also the spiritual being that we are over here. And I think that's really the gap that we're missing to have the ability to be in that higher space and to right. lift ourselves up to that level, to be able to tap into it, to say, how can I utilize that now in the present moment? And what you said earlier about, you know, having people that are very much in that mind space or the spiritual teachers that are too much over here. I've certainly experienced that when I was still working in corporate, when I was discovering all my spirit abilities and to, to compartmentalize it in my brain. How does this all work? What is all of that? So I was analyzing it till the cows came home and never really got an answer around it because in the end it just is what it is. And it's an extra source that, you know, we can tap into, but it has caused a lot of, anxiety for me in that in that time because dealing with high executives you know all these egos all working very much in that mindset that you referred to earlier yet here am i i'm standing over here going but i've got also all this other stuff happening but my mind was still over there going but i need to analyze this and i need to know about that and how does that work and wow you know it was like a whole spinning world that was just evolving and then in the end when you find that that balance and oh hang on a minute I can actually combine the two and I know how to merge them together right. and then teaching that to the leaders in those workplaces not from that fluff space of oh you have to connect and be spiritual and go into the high no it's more about let, let's look at how can we lead better from a place of compassion and empathy and tap into our hearts to lead from that heart centered space. Right. So then I learned how to adjust that as well at the same time. So hearing you talking about it from that scientific point of view, it just makes sense. It's really, yeah. It, oh God. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Amazing. You know, we're living in a time where finally we're starting to corroborate the ancient wisdom teachings. The, there's a, enough clinical data out there that is affirming, like scientific research is affirming what, you know, the, the Buddha would teach. <laughs> or, you know, what our, what our wise ancestors had to say about who we really are. And so, you know, we can't continue to stay separated, you know, especially, you know, you just mentioned leaders in business. We're, we're both spiritual beings and it doesn't matter. It's not a religious dogmatic way of dealing with spirit. It's just uh, the reality of our nature. Mm. And then the, the physical part of us, and we have a job to do in the corporate world or in business or whatever we're doing in life. Um, and how do we allow for both to influence our decisions and our engagements, how we communicate? Um, I think that's also a, an important thing to remember, you know, leading from a place, that heart-centered place that you just talked mm -hmm. about, uh, but activating when, this is what they found, when you activate somebody's potential, right, which is a part of their brain, physiologically, it's this part of the brain, it's the prefrontal cortex, you open up to new ideas, to creative potential, to what's known as the creative genius within the person. 
So as a leader, if you know the skill of being able to do that, right? Because it is a skill. If you can help someone and bring out their best, then the, uh, it's in your favor because the outcome will be you'll have their best self working for you. Yes. Yeah. That great? And the person will be so happy to be working with that company because they'll feel at their best. So it's a win-win. Yeah. And you love how that works. Mm, that's amazing. And not just in the workplace. I recognize that that can, you know, that works really well for us personally as well to have our personal relationships too. Totally. Interpersonal mm. relationships. Yeah. Like in a household or with friendships. Yeah. Wow. It just so happens that for the majority of people, they they spend the most amount of time with coworkers and colleagues. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yes. for those who don't, it does absolutely apply in yeah. all of our relationships. Mm. And as I always like to remind people, the very first relationship we have is with ourselves. Oh. And in the same way, right. we have this obligation and an opportunity to have a new conversation with ourselves, mm. and to engage ourselves in a way that really helps us to open up and activate what's possible within our own self. And that's our self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's all skills, you know, and this is the thing, and this is what I didn't know when I was suffering and what people don't realize is that all of our, the majority, I, want to, I don't want to say all, the majority yeah. of our health issues, the majority of our relationship challenges, the majority of where, why we're stuck, the reasons why we're stuck in life, all come down to how the, re, the relationships that we have, right? How we relate and interact, how we think and believe and, and behave yeah. with what, you know, with our life. Absolutely. And, and so that's what this is. That's my passion. You know, it's yeah. why I do what I do. I love it when people have miracles. And by the way, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, people will experience miracles. You know, one of the, I don't know, I shouldn't say one, many. There's been people who have had things that were, were like medical miracles, just doing this work of being able to open up the realms of possibility and connecting yeah. with their higher self for healing. Yes. Um, there's, there's things that have happened in relationships that would, we would call it, you know, a miracle. Um, it's just, you know, it, we're only limited in our imagination. Mm, definitely. It is. Um, sorry, I'm distracted because my dog is literally, he's got my hand, my, his paw is in my hand right now. He won't let it go. <laughs> Speaking of relationships, it's just oh, today. And he's like, Mama, I need some attention. <laughs> no, he's actually saying that he's supporting you on your journey and he understands where you've been and where you are right now. And he's really holding the space for you. Oh, that's so touching. Mm. That's so touching by that wow i wasn't expecting that thank you oh my goodness mm. thank you Loki. you're so good oh that's you so can literally sweet. see the energy coming from him to you like that love support oh that's compassion so <laughs> yeah amazing yeah 
Amazing. No, Very beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. Mm. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Very touched. I wasn't expecting that. Me neither. Um, it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty strong to say you need to tell her that. So. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful boy. Been around for a while. I think so. I do. I actually thought I asked him today if he was the reincarnation of my old dog. I was like, "Did you come back as another dog from my old dog?" So anyway, I went off track. So we just covered a lot of ground, as you can see in this conversation. But you know, I want to like kind of anchor it in so that people can really take away some of the key concepts that were discussed from our conversation mm. today and, you know, recognizing, like you said, you know, we all have our issues. Life is not yep. about perfection. You know, this journey that we're on, this like whole seeking for wholeness isn't about per per perfect. It's like, how do we relate with our challenges in a new way? How yep. do we change the relationship and the feelings and the, the way that we show up when we're challenged? and literally allow for our higher consciousness to, I, I actually see it as like coming in and animating us yeah. so that yeah. we can live from that place and create from that place, you know? Yeah. Recognizing that fear shouldn't be what holds us back, but it should be um, what we overcome, you know, our, our, our fears and worries. And that life purpose, that d desire that we all have, like we want more meaning in life, we want more meaningful relationships, and we want a sense of purpose. And it comes from us allowing for this process to move out of the fear and into the realm of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So is there anything that you want to share that people can work on straight away for them? The one the one little nugget perhaps that they can take away and, and implement. Yeah. Um, I would say, actually I have a, a <laughs> or you have a couple. <laughs> I have one thing that I teach people that how to remember what to do in the moment you're triggered, you know, that feeling where you're like, you want to, the fight or flight response kicks in where you're mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm angry and I want to attack yes. or yes. I'm frightened and I want to run away. The one thing I want you to remember, this is all you need to remember. <laughs> I'm laughing because of how I started. I want you to remember to F it. F it as in three, three Fs. For, uh, feel it, forgive it, free it. So remember, F it. Feel it, forgive it, free it. So in the moment you feel that trigger, you feel challenged, energetically, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I want you to feel the feeling that you're having. Don't hide from it. Don't deny it. Don't try to judge it and make it wrong or even criticize yourself for having it. Even if you've had it a thousand times before, it doesn't matter. Feel it. Be with that feeling in a way like you've never been with that feeling before. Like, have a love relationship with it. It's like, okay, I feel you. I'm here for you. I know you're in pain. I feel you, okay? Number one, feel it. Number two, forgive it means forgive everything that's involved with that. I forgive myself for repeating this pattern. I forgive the perpetrator for, you know, putting me into this predicament. 
right? I forgive whatever and whoever needs to be forgiven in this moment and literally feel the feelings of forgiveness now because we're still, you know, remember feeling it is important. And then freeing it is literally to not entertain that like that impulse anymore. So for instance, when you said you felt the fear response, when you wanted to stay comfortable, when you wanted to stay safe, but you chose to do what you needed to do anyway, that in that moment, you literally create um, a discharge of energy because that's cho a choice point. Mm -hmm. So when you free it, you make a new decision to do something different than what you once did. That's it. You create a, a new energetic release. All right. So F it. When you're triggered, F it. Feel it. Forgive it. Free it. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. It works magically. I'm yeah. telling you. Play with this. Like for anyone who's listening, I'm going to invite you to experiment with it. You know, play around with it. Have fun with it and see what comes of it and then tell me i'm always curious about what people experience like you know type me a letter and say you're not going to believe this <laughs> <laughs> fantastic i want to know. know your stories i'm keen to hear fantastic wow thank you thank you thank you shauna absolutely amazing to have you here your wisdom is is just out of this world and your energy oh. is so loving and kind and warming really really enjoyed it thank you you know i didn't say this earlier but if people are like curious about like how to use the tools that i provide i do have that free gift that i am offering for your viewers <clears throat> and they can access that i'm not sure how you you share that but um you know it's the tools and templates and i do some uh you know i verbally walk people through in a video and um, and that can help you and, and, you, and the viewers that are watching now. So yeah. uh, feel free to take advantage of that free gift that I you know, like the, this conversation and I'm sure we'll be connected for future conversations. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Thank you so much for listening to yet another inspiring episode of Connecting Soul Beings podcast. I love receiving your comments, stories and feedback as they are truly inspiring. So please take some time to comment on this episode below. If you love the show, you can help us by sharing and liking it via your favorite podcast platform and our website. And if you feel that we can work together in helping you to connect to your inner self and the animals, then hop on over to biancaderose.com or find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram under Bianca de Rose. Thank you again so much. Say hi to your pet from me and stay connected with love and grace.